here and I'm so thankful for all of you who have been serving and joining in our community um, through Christmas of hope. I've seen personally some exciting things take place as we've been able to engage and help bring hope into our community. And how many of you have had a good time engaging those, maybe your neighbors or coworkers or people just out in the community, just helping share hope and share light this Christmas? It's been an incredible time. Yesterday, as Pastor mentioned, we had our, our first outreach with Mission of Hope and were able to bless families from three different elementary schools, dozens of families that came up here. And get this, every family that came on these grounds, we were able to bless them with close to $200 in gifts. Families that would not have been able to have um, Christmas gifts under their, their trees, they were able to go shopping in Kidstown. And when I say shopping, it was completely free. And so I want you to hear from one of the moms this morning who was here yesterday and was just touched by um, yesterday's outreach. Hi, my name is Loretta. I have three boys. We are from Middleburg, and uh, I want to say thank you very much for all that y'all have done. <laughs> Everything that was on my youngest's list was in that room, and I appreciate that so much. I didn't know what we were going to do for Christmas this year. It's we're, Everybody's struggling so hard. I didn't know how I was going to provide any presents. We have nothing under our tree. And thank you so much for putting presents under my baby's tree. <laughs> Amen. It's a miracle. Your generosity meets a need, and God changes and transforms hearts. Amen. And so I'm thankful for all of our church family who's been so faithful and just being generous with all that God is doing in your life. Um, please make sure you're getting our Mission of Hope cards to connect with us and Christmas of Hope cards throughout the week. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Our Jewish brothers and sisters, they celebrate during this season Hanukkah, which is the light, uh, or the festival of lights as Christians, we celebrate Jesus, the light come into the world. And how many of you know our world needs light? Our world needs light, our world needs hope, and we get to be the bringers of that hope and the bringers of that light into the world. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. We're jumping into Christmas of hope message, hope for humanity, hope for the world. Luke chapter 2, verse 25, one of my favorite passages of, of Scripture. Uh, they have it on the screen behind me as well, so we're going to dive into it. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. I mentioned it in the first service. Before Jesus ascended into the heavens, what did he tell the disciples to do? Go wait for the Holy Spirit. Simeon was righteous, devout, waiting, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit draws nigh as we wait for him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon came in the Spirit into the temple, and when, he, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. This would have been at 40 days old for Jesus. Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes, said three things, have seen your salvation, 
that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Simeon, he was a righteous man. It says, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And church, if there's anything that we need to be in this hour, we need to be a people who are righteous and devout, a people who are consecrated, a people who are dedicated, a people set apart for the display of God's glory in and through our lives, a people waiting for the second advent of our Lord. We're often great at allowing our hearts to be occupied with stuff, right? We do a good job of letting things and invade our lives and, and often things that aren't even sinful or negative in nature, but good things can become sinful things when they replace the one thing, right? See, those good things in life, when they begin to occupy too much of us, they begin to be idolized in our life. And good things can become sinful things when they replace the one thing. And it, we, we all get boxes shipped to us, right? Thanks, Amazon. My garage has been slamful with boxes. And it's a bad thing when you're homies with the Amazon man because you get so many boxes shipped to your house. Thanks, wife. And many times these boxes, they come with these little shipping peanuts, the never-ending shipping peanuts that find its way. It's like confetti. They find its way in every nook and cranny of the house and see it for six months later. But my garage has been filled with them, and, and these shipping peanuts, what they do is they're meant to help fill up the box to create protection around the, the item of value, the contents of the box. And so to me, these shipping peanuts represent filler, and so often... The, the box was created to hold the treasure. The scripture says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so many times we put so much filler into our lives that it decreases the capacity that we have for the item that is actually of value in our, our lives. We go to social media and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and then to our Finstagram that we don't want our parents to know about, students up there. And over and over we spend hours. You know what it says that I think the average American spends about three to five hours watching TV a day. Fluff, right? And what we're doing is we're filling our life up, our vessel up with just a lot of filler, and it's not leaving any content any, or, or leaving any room for the one item and the one thing that is of value, our relationship with the Lord. So we go to social media and TV and HGTV and ESPN and toxic relationships, and, you know, we get to the end of the day, and we're like, God, I'm real tired now. Is there even any space for you in the box? Right? There's, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I got work tomorrow, and there's not much left over. How many of you have been there before? I think we've all been there before where we fill our box up with so many things that 
aren't even sinful things, but the good thing becomes a sinful thing when it replaces the one thing. And so Simeon wasn't like this. Simeon wasn't like this. He was righteous. He was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I had one mama tell me this past week. She said, I tell my kids all the time, stop being concerned with the fluff. Think about the future. And I said, preach that, mama, because too often we're filling our lives with all of the fluff of the things around us, and we give no regard to the future and to the one who holds our future, the one who holds the sun, moon, and stars in his hands. See, Simeon was consecrated, dedicated. Last year I shared about Simeon, how history records, it's actually out of Matthew Henry's commentary, of a Simeon that lived in this time frame right around Jesus' birth. This Simeon was the son of Hillel, who was the president and the founder of the Jewish college in the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. This Simeon was renowned and so renowned that he was endowed with the title of Rabbin, the highest title that was given to their doctors in this time frame, so much so that it was only ever given to seven men. This Simeon had a spirit of prophecy resting upon his life, but was eventually expelled from the establishment because he believed differently than the common opinion of the day in church. This Simeon, he had the spirit of prophecy that caused him to be displaced, right? If, if you get kicked out of the clubs of man because of your faith, it's okay because man's institutions are of no comparison for God's commendation. And salvation came into Simeon's life. Jesus came to Simeon. Notice how salvation appeared to Simeon. Jesus came to Simeon. Simeon followed the promptings of the Spirit. You see, God's sovereignty. Jesus comes to him. But man's responsibility, man was responsible in responding for the leading of the Spirit. And when Simeon saw salvation, he took salvation and embraced them. Oh, that there would be a people who would take Jesus, who would take salvation and embrace them. And it would bring transformation to their hearts, to their lives, to their families, to their communities. When salvation was embraced by Simeon, he prophesied several things. Number one, salvation was personal. Number two, write this down, salvation was prepared publicly. Number three, it was salvation for all people. Simeon said in verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You cannot have an encounter, a true encounter with Jesus, and life remain the same. Simeon, after he encounters Jesus, what does he say? He says, I'm ready to dip out. Right? He says, I'm ready to depart in peace. Go ahead and prepare like the, 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 the gravesite and everything. I am ready to go. See, when you, are, when you tell God that you're ready to die, something major has shifted in your life. Even Jesus said, like, let this cup pass from me. But Simeon has this encounter. He beholds salvation, and it does something inside of him. You know what happened to Simeon? That when he embraced salvation, it settled his spirit. 
It settled his spirit. When you encounter Jesus and he settles your spirit, you are no longer the same. You are a new creation. You don't embrace the old person, the old ways, the old mentalities, the old ideas. You are embracing the nature of Christ Jesus that has been imputed into your life. When you encounter Jesus, like Simeon, you become settled in your spirit. It doesn't matter what may be going on the outside. It doesn't matter what people may say about you. It doesn't matter who accepts you, who rejects you, who says evil things about you because you are settled in your spirit. You have a confidence. You have an assurance. You have this hope that he's going to work it all out regardless of what may come into life. He is good and he will work all things together for the good of those called according to his purpose. I love what Isaiah 26.3 says. It says you keep him in perfect. Everybody say perfect. It says perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You see, that settling of your spirit comes when we stay ourselves on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this encounter brought transformation to Simeon's life. Verse 30, it says, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. See, salvation was prepared publicly. Jesus' life, the life that he lived and led, it was done in the presence of all people. Salvation didn't happen quickly, quietly, and privately. It was prepared in the presence of all people. Let's talk about preparation. We just came, th came through Thanksgiving just a couple of weeks ago. And Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner requires tons of preparation, amen? For Thanksgiving dinner to be Thanksgiving dinner, Grandma Maybell just can't put it in the microwave and it come out and be the spread that it needs to be for all the family. Thanksgiving dinner, it takes time, it takes process. I went over to my grandmother's house um, a couple of years ago before it was Christmas or Thanksgiving and um, I saw on her counter a list, and we're weeks out from thanks, or one of the holiday at that point, weeks out, and she had an itemized list of everything that needed to happen leading up to the holiday, and I was like, it takes this much time? She said, yep. See, for Thanksgiving dinner to be Thanksgiving dinner, it has to be carefully crafted, finely crafted, and put together to where every detail is organized and, and ready. It goes through the process of preparation. In church, when things go through the process of preparation, it turns out so much better, so much richer when your life goes through the process of preparation and it comes out on the other side of everything that God has done. You are so much better. You are so much richer, not maybe financially, but so much richer in life and in mentality as we go through the process of preparation. See, Jesus went through the process of preparation. But not only did he go through the process of preparation, he didn't do it in a private manner. It says it was prepared publicly. It wasn't done in a corner. Everyone was familiar with it, including the Roman government, so much so that Paul, when he's engaging the government, he says, all of these things haven't escaped your sight. You're well aware of everything that has taken place. It was not done privately. And although it was incredibly glorious, salvation was incredibly horrific. Salvation had a high 
high price. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning that if salvation was provided in public, it shouldn't only be practiced in private. If it was provided in public in a glorious but horrific manner for our good and for our transformation, it should not only be practiced in a private setting so it's for my private transformation that it cannot bleed over into any other aspect of life. No, the salvation that we hold so dearly is salvation for the world. It is hope for the world. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship. We're not our workmanship. We don't belong to ourselves. We are his workmanship. That means he's working in us and he's working through us. We belong to him. We are not of ourselves for we have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your bodies is what the scripture says. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We weren't created just to exist. We were created just to be a metastatic nothing, right? We weren't created to be stagnant in life, but we were created for good works that God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Good works like Christmas of hope. Good works like sharing cookies with our neighbor and praying with them and loving on them and sharing the hope of Christmas with them. Good works like praying for somebody that's crippled and might need a miracle in their life and stepping up and being a mouthpiece for hope and for God's glory. Jesus said, let your light shine. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. Watch what Simeon says about salvation. He said it was prepared publicly, but it was also a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. See, the salvation that Simeon experienced was a light for revelation to the Gentiles. God is not willing that any should perish. He loves the world and he gave his only son. And so salvation, as Paul would say, is to the Jew first and then also to the Gentile. I love what Isaiah 42, 6 says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people so that for the people a light for the nations. A light for the nations. Isaiah 49, 6 says, I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This baby that Simeon held in his arms was hope for all humanity. Hope wrapped in flesh. And although Jesus was only 40 days old at this point, and although Jesus was completely dependent on the world at this point, he was still the salvation of the world. He was the promise, but the promise still had to go through the process of preparation. And church, your promise often has to go through that same process of preparation. It might seem small. It might seem insignificant. It might seem as just a little baby. But hey, salvation lied inside of that baby for all mankind. So never despise the day of small beginnings, right? Little as much when God is in it. Don't despise the small things because the small things can turn out to be big things. Just get a rock in your shoe. Jesus was hope for all the world. See, Simeon, he realized that this is bigger than just me. It's a light for the Gentiles, a light for the world. It's bigger than just me, bigger than those who are like me. 
this was about every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And what Simeon was saying, it was not just about me. It was not just about national salvation. It was not just about deliverance from the oppression of Rome, right? Let me bring it home. It was not just about deliverance from the oppression of the Republicans. It was not just about deliverance from the oppression of the Democrats. It was not just about deliverance from the oppression of the independents. It was not just about deliverance from man's opinion on this side, man's opinion on that side. Simeon understood what the prophets foretold, that it was not about making Israel or America great again. It was not about building Israel back better. See, Jesus was not and will never be about an earthly political system. Church, there are no politics when a king is present there are no politics when a sovereign king is present what he says happens what he decrees takes place he doesn't have a round table that he debates with he doesn't have people shifting and swaying him there are no politics when the king is present and he taught us to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven there are no politics Jesus doesn't play politics see in Christ's rule and reign he is the government this was about heaven's government coming to earth Isaiah 9, 6 says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Many say, oh, that was because of the weighty oppression. No, 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 no. If you look at the proper interpretation of it, it meant that the keys were on his shoulder. The access to the government, the sovereignty of the government was upon his shoulder, meaning he was the one who was appointed, the sovereign one. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You know what that means? His government is an ever-increasing government. His government is an ever-increasing government, and of the peace that comes along with it, there shall be no end. Church, he is hope for all humanity. The counselor for the distraught, the mighty God for the weak, the everlasting father to the orphan, the prince of peace for those tossed by the storms of life, and of the increase in his government and peace. He is justice for those who have been wrong and oppressed. He is justice for the weak. He is the hope for those living in darkness, those living in darkness. Isaiah 9-2 says, the people who walked in darkness, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them, on them a light has shone. This was not a good day for an ugly sweater. I've been called a sour skittle. I've been told I won. So I'll go ahead and take the gift card. I'm not here to compete. I'm here to win, right? So where's the, where's the judging at for the ugly sweater contest? Been called a, a pickle, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff today. But sometimes you just got to be confident and rock it, right? The nations of the world were living in darkness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living in darkness? A few weeks ago, my wife and our kids, we went up to the mountains on vacation and we rented a quaint little cabin. 
for a few days, and it ended up being a little bit too quaint for our liking. We got in uh, late Saturday night, and it gets dark in the mountains, and in the dark, everything seems sketch, right? And I'm not about driving down a long, windy road in the dark of the mountains at 11 p.m. at night. I've been raised in the city my whole life. Marie was raised in New York City, and uh, the city that never sleeps, and so Marie starts talking and saying what I'm thinking, and at this point, we're Kanye and Rihanna saying, turn up the lights in here, baby, extra brighter, because we want to see this. And so I wasn't going to say anything, because if I confirm her eeriness, I'm going to have to go purchase a hotel room. And I'm extra cheap, so I'm like, I ain't saying what she's thinking, even though I'm believing it. And so we're driving, and we finally get back to the cabin. And before I get out, I'm giving myself a mental pep talk. And I did not tell her this until after we had checked out of the cabin for the few days. So I'm giving myself a mental pep talk. I'm saying, okay, Jordan, you live in Jacksonville, where violent crime is much higher than the rest of rural America. You have nothing to be scared about. What was that? Right? (laughs) That was, that was my mentality at that time. I'm like, you're gonna be just fine. So I get out of my car and I go to the back and I get my Glock out, no kidding. And hey, I believe in the right to bear arms and I for sure am not going into a cabin at 11 o'clock at night back in the woods without a Glock. So stop judging. Faith without works is dead. So I had my Glock and my flashlight. So I enter the cabin looking like the feds. I'm not kidding. And good mountain cabins, they make noises at just the right time. As I go inside the cabin, kid you not, the ice maker decides to drop ice. Airbnb just about had to buy a new refrigerator for this quaint little cabin. Church, I was never meant for or built for the dark. In the darkness, everything feels eerie. There's fear, there's insecurity, a lack of safety. uh, There's a lack of hope, often because there's a lack of help. And the reality is, this is how much of our world lives without any light. You know what I learned? I'm more comfortable in a crime-ridden area where there is light than in the darkness where there is no crime. This this is what salvation does. Salvation comes into our lives. And yes, things might be unsafe. Things might be toxic around us. It might not be the perfect environment and state that we're in. But when we have the light, when we are living in the light, it doesn't matter the crime, the medical report, the situations, the disturbance that are around us. We have the light of the world inside of our lives. And that light, that light gives us hope in the most of the midst of the unsettling situations and circumstances. Worship team, if you would come to the stage. Jesus came into a world to give hope, hope to all mankind, to those walking in darkness. And it wasn't just for a select few. It wasn't just for a few people that he came. He came for all people. When he came, he busted every barrier. Say that. Say every barrier. He busted every barrier. Luke writes about he was the culmination. He writes about the genealogy of Jesus, meaning he was the culmination of hope for all of humanity. 
That's the whole reason he gives the genealogy because this was the culmination of hope from Adam to Jesus, the culmination of hope for all humanity. Jesus, he was born in a cave in Bethlehem. Not in a palace, but in a cave so that all sectors of society might have access to him. He was first visited by shepherds, the lowest of society, so that even the lowliest, the lowliest in life, they would be able to have access to him. Jesus at 40 days old, he was visited by Simeon, the rejected rabbi, and Anna, the widow, without children, in in Israel, if you were a widow without children, you were rejected at that point from that culture. He gives access to those who are rejected. Gentile kings from the east come and worship, and Gentiles had access. They came with gifts. They came with worship. Why are we so passionate about our generosity. Why are we so passionate about our worship? Because generosity and worship unlocks the door to access with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes, I know it is faith. Yes, I know it is not of works, but that gives us access into his presence. He was a refugee due to the mass genocide. Eventually made his home in Nazareth, a rejected city. Meaning he understands the hardest times of life and he doesn't care about our lowest points, our hardest points of life. He can and will have purpose in us and through us if we will just commit ourselves unto him. And just his birth and early life, he shattered every barrier so that you, so that me, so that our world may have access to him. Why? Because he was and is hope for all mankind. Jesus said, whoever walks in him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you would go ahead and stand with me. For those that may be new here, one of the things that we believe about are words, words of confirmation, words of exhortation. So that was a word of exhortation for the church body, and it lands us exactly where I was getting ready to land. Today, you're in one of two places. Every person in this room, you're in one of two places. You're in need of hope, or you have hope. You're in need of hope, or you have hope. And there's something if you're in either place. Number one, if you're in need of hope. I don't know what your background is. Mom, I don't know how hard the struggles of life may be. Dad, 
I don't know what may be going on in life. All I do know is that he came to give you hope. He doesn't care about the past. He doesn't care about the pain. He's not concerned with what you did. He's concerned with what he did. Right? He's not concerned with what you did. He's concerned and caught up in what he did, what he made available to you. So life may be broken. Life may be busted. It's okay not to be okay. We just can't stay that way. So if you're here this morning, you're without hope. I want everybody to close your eyes this morning, bow your heads. You're without hope. You need hope. You need light in your life. Jesus is here for you. We don't have to wait. We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to him, to present ourselves. He does that for us. If you're here this morning and you need that light, that hope in your life, I want you to just slip up your hand this morning. Amen. Amen. Any others? Amen. In the back. Hands going up. Hands in the galleries, in the balconies. Any other hands that you need life? You need hope? Hope in your life. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you slipped up your hand, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you just step out to the aisle of where you're at? Just step out to the aisle. If you, if you slipped up your hand this morning, there were several hands that went up all over the, the building. And I want you to come down. Altar team, if you would come down to the front as well at this moment. All of our altar team, if you would come. If you slipped up that hand, I want you to come down to the front. We just want to pray with you this morning. And we want to help share that hope, share that light this morning. Come on, come on, come on. There are hands that went up all over this building. I want you to come out to the front. We just want to pray with you and pray for you and help get you on the path to light, help get you on the path to hope this morning, the path to freedom. He came to give you hope. He came to give you life. Secondly, if you're in this room and you have hope in your life, there's action steps. I love what Jesus told Paul in Acts. He said, God said, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You know what that means for us that have hope? We're appointed. Everybody say, I'm appointed. Say, I'm appointed one more time. I'm appointed to bring light to the ends of the earth, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And so what I want you to do is I want you to grab your belongings and I want you to come down to the front and I want us to begin praying. I want us to begin praying because God has appointed us. He's not appointed just the person beside me. He's appointed every person in this room today to bring salvation and light. So grab your belongings. And I want us to begin to pray. Pray for our world. Pray for those who are lost. Pray for those who are around us that need the hope. Come on down to the front. Just grab your stuff. And we're going to close out praying together today as a family. Worship team, let's...